Hi guys, welcome to another episode of The Danimal's Cage. I'm your host, as always, the mighty Danimal, Dan Martins. On today's show, it is my pleasure to be chatting with first-year music business management student, Sarah Kay. Sarah, how's it going? Good, how are you? I'm doing well, I'm doing well. How have you been holding up through the pandemic, through your first semester in the music business management program? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's uh, quite the change from uh, pre pandemic i think but uh I, f I feel like some people can share in the sentiment too where pre-pandemic pre-covid i was very busy and i didn't really have like a sense of direction as to what i was doing with my life i was always go 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 but never really like in a like in a how do I say this it was never in a really like planned way or like it, it wasn't productive and so COVID when I was forced to kind of reflect on what am I doing with my life what do I want to be doing with my life um because I was stuck in a house by myself I just moved provinces because my family lives in Montreal and Quebec so I moved across the country again to be here because we didn't know what the what COVID was going to be like in mm -hmm. March. We didn't know what was going to happen. So I moved back here and I was stuck in a house by myself to quarantine. And then two weeks turned into three months and I was forced to prioritize my life and, and reflect. And I guess that's kind of how I ended up in this program in the first place. So in to answer your question, I think I'm doing pretty well for like what I wanted towards like the middle of pandemic, but um, obviously, as with everybody else, there's the lack of work and and financial turbulence that everybody's going through. And I'm fortunate enough that I have a good support system, but not everybody does, and that makes me sad. Yeah, well, I think if if you're you're lucky to have a good support system, then I consider you like really one of the the ones that are really surviving this. So ah, <laughs> so I was so basically the first question now that I, I have your attention is just tell us who Sarah is. How did you kind of discover this program? How did you kind of, I guess, cause you've mentioned like you, you're, are you a singer? Do you play any instruments? Like what's your musical kind of background? Well, I've always liked singing. I wouldn't say I'm, <laughs> I, I wouldn't say I'm necessarily good at it, but I enjoy doing it. And, you know, um, I worked at a bar called the Capital Music Club for about two, two and a half years. But prior to that, um, my father worked at a place in Point Claire Village called the Pioneer. It was previously Clyde's also in like the 80s. Um, and he worked there my entire life. So I grew up there, the bar. And, you know, there's live music there all the time. And my dad said being such a huge music lover, obviously that kind of trickled down to me. And I didn't realize how similar we were until I really, <laughs> uh, I was stuck looking for a job in 2017, I think, 2018. And I didn't have a job and I was in university and I really needed one. And I was really lucky that the Capitol threw me a bone and hired me. And it ended up being one of the best experiences of my life working there. And it opened my eyes up to uh, me loving music and, and, really appreciate it versus just like oh I can listen to this on the radio or I can buy a CD it was more than that now and that kind of you know eventually once COVID happened like we were saying I was kind of left to reflect on what I wanted to do with my life and I'd already dropped out of university I felt like a loser <laughs> um, I you know always wanted a, a degree of some kind because that's kind of how I was raised and I felt like I was not really you know, accomplishing that goal. And I was distracting myself working at the Capitol. And I really sat down and thought to myself, well, why am I so happy working here? Is it the people? Obviously. Is it the music? Obviously. Um, is it the longevity? Not really. I don't really want to be bartending and bar managing and, and, you know, maybe doing this specifically for my entire life, but I love the industry. So what do I do? Mm -hmm. And I, you know, after a period of self-reflection and, and, and recovery, I 
was like, okay, well, I need to go back to school because that's a goal I want. So how can I make music and school into the same goal? Where I, you know, I play some instruments. I grew up playing piano. I, you know, I don't really play guitar. I've tried. I just, <laughs> it's hard. <laughs> well, you, um, you, well, you know my thing. I'm a drummer. <laughs> exactly. I, I know how to tap the drums. Do I make it sound good? No. You know, so. <laughs> <laughs> that so, part takes so time. People, exactly. Like actually making it sound nice is, it, that's time. That's where all the work comes in. <laughs> oh, man. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, and just the time that you put into it too, right? Yeah. And so <laughs> uh, I was like, well, I don't really want to be a musician per se. Like, would it be nice if I was selling out, you know, tours? Yeah, sure. But but I want, you know, what brought me great joy was not necessarily being on the stage. It was being at the bar and like supporting the artists and supporting anybody that came in and booking the tours and or booking the shows at the, at the venue and stuff. So okay. I was like, okay, the, the typical McGill jazz program is obviously not what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what can I do for school? Like a business school, that'd be great, but there's really not a lot of options in Canada, especially in Eastern Canada for any of that. So I just kind of did some Googling and, and it was between DC and Humber, but Humber requires a bachelor's degree mm-hmm. and DC doesn't. That's, that's so funny because I was between Durham and Humber when I was kind of faced with the uh, tough decision on going back to school. <laughs> mm-hmm. I feel like that's, if you're, if you're in Ontario or Quebec or even Manitoba yeah. partly, um, I feel like if you're in Eastern Canada, it's kind of, they're your only two options. Yeah. yeah. And um. While I like DC so far, I think they're doing a phenomenal um, transition into online learning. And personally, I do better in the online environment just because I get distracted less. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, Humber, I really loved their program a lot, but I unfortunately didn't have the bachelor's degree required. But again, I'm happy at DC. I like the teachers. I like, you know, everybody that I've encountered so far. Everyone's really friendly. <laughs> I think that's and really I mean, that's really a strong suit of MBM. Like everyone is very friendly. It's it's almost like a giant family, all of us. Yeah, I actually just interviewed for one of my assignments, um, uh, MBM alumni, and it was phenom- It was phenomenal. Who did it you was in- so nice. Who did you interview? Uh, oh. Who. Oh. What's his name? <laughs> Shit. <laughs> um, Daniel Gallinger. Yeah. He works at Sony in catalog marketing. Very nice. Very now, nice guy. Now, my next question is, what do you want to do after MBM? But we've had this conversation, and you seem to be very, like, have your heart set on Sony. <laughs> yes. I don't really care what I do at Sony, but I would very, very, very much like to work at Sony. I, I love them so much (laughs) what is it about sony that kind of draws you to them i'm not entirely sure it just you know looking into universal and looking into warner you know the big three i i don't really feel the same sense of like this is where i should work as i do with sony and i love all that like you know there's major artists on every of the three labels don't get me wrong but i love the artists on sony i love everybody that i've encountered that works at sony is just fantastic and, you know, their mission statement is just to kind of like be as accepting as possible. And it shows through their global marketing and their global, you know, catalog and everything. And I don't know, I, I'm, I can't give you a definitive answer. I just, I just feel at home there. It works. <laughs> yeah. So, so it kind of falls in line with like, I guess, your values and your beliefs, like who you are as, as, as mm-hmm. you. Okay. Yeah. That's, I, that's a good answer. I really love Columbia Records too, their their record label. Love Columbia. Well, well anyone who, everyone who knows me knows that the Foo Fighters are my favorite band. They're on a sem, uh, Sony subsidiary. They're on uh, RCA. RCA, awesome. Yeah. So that's that's been kind of like on kind of like in the back of my mind. Like maybe one day I'll get to work with Sony, but for now I'm just enjoy kind of enjoying the ride and seeing what happens. What happens after I'm done with. 
we're, we're it, still students. We're allowed to explore. Who knows? Maybe by third year, where when I'm where you are, my answer will have changed. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You never know. You never know. You might want to go work for Warner. <laughs> I hey, listen. Three years ago, I wanted to be an economics professor, and here we are. <laughs> wow, wow. That's that's quite the uh, shift. I remember when I was in yes. high school. When, I remember when I was in high school. I wanted to be a lawyer. Following my I cousin's was footsteps. Law school too. <laughs> Look at us. Look at us. It's because my cousin was. He, she's a she's a very successful lawyer out west. So I really wanted to kind of follow in her footsteps. But Ben, when I started, when I saw what some of the courses that were in MBM, like copyright law, contract law, which you'll you'll have next year. Yes. I've I've already dealt with all of that stuff. So if you need any help, I'm more than happy to oblige. Well, I remember I had I had a boyfriend when I was in university for a while, and he was in law school. Wow! Uh, he'd already done his undergrad. He was in he was in law school. He was full full fledged, and I obviously at the time didn't really understand what he was entirely talking about. But I picked up on a lot of stuff, mm-hmm. and I ended up changing majors from economics to sociology with a minor in crime law and justice studies um, because I loved what he was studying so much. I was like, economics isn't really doing it for me, even though I really love it. Uh, so let me try law. Yeah. Like pre-law. There's no official pre-law class, but mm-hmm. I deemed it so. And yeah, it was, it was, it's really interesting. So that's a course I'm very much looking forward to next year. And hopefully uh, I can kind of push aside the terrible relationship that was and just remember the words he said to me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Now, you know who teaches contract law? Catherine. So shout out to Catherine. Thanks, Catherine. (laughs) Catherine, you're an absolute gem. Like you were one of the best professors I had during my time here. (laughs) I haven't uh, interacted a lot with, that's the one thing I'm, I'm regretting about the online program. Um, I have, we haven't really interacted a lot with our professors, not as much as we would in person. I don't think. Mm -hmm. How much have you interacted with your fellow classmates? Quite a bit. Um, you know, not everybody, not again, not as much as I think we would if we were in person, but, uh, at the beginning of the year, we made a WhatsApp group and I, I had never used WhatsApp before, but I I still, I still don't know how to use WhatsApp. I get it. It's really cool. It's, it's all it really is, is just, um, it's exactly like texting. Like you can still see your phone numbers and yeah. stuff, but it's just on a, a different app. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's Facebook without the account really and the profile, but whatever. So everything's, um, kind of, everything's kind of like all in one place then? No, it's just for, you can make groups, which is really nice. Yeah. And okay. then you can like, uh, you can, reply I like how they have you can reply to like specific messages and it like quotes the one you're replying to so it's very clear what you're replying to in the group the chat can be like oh this is exactly what she's saying instead of like what <laughs> <laughs> nice well I'll def- I'll definitely have to uh take advantage of that <laughs> so yeah we made one for first years I yeah. I definitely recommend for your your year to make one just for support and just to kind of get to know each other a little better it's been nice we only have we only have like eight people left in third year. <laughs> Whoa, really? Yeah, yeah, because everyone everyone dropped off after uh, after COVID. Because <laughs> I think for a lot of people that were planning on coming back, but then COVID just kind of did. COVID did what COVID does: throws a wrench in the plan. <laughs> I didn't know that. That's that's really surprising to me. Yeah, but I mean, it's understandable. You know, school is absolutely not feasible for everybody at the moment. Mm-hmm. Well, anyone who knows me knows that no matter what year I'm in, like first year, second year, third year, I've made a very strong effort to kind of interact and communicate with everybody, especially like all the new students like you, just to just yeah. to kind of just to try and be able to get to know who you are, like what you want to do in the industry. And now I have a very strong understanding that you want to work for Sony. So mm-hmm. I might yeah, be I, th- I might be your company. <laughs> I might be your competition there in a couple of years. Who knows? <laughs> hey, there's no such thing as competition. The competition in the music <laughs> industry—it's all a big team effort. I think you know. 
Well, I, I save a word competition lightly. I don't, I don't like that word so much either. <laughs> I love that word. I'm very competitive, but I'm learning through my years at the Capitol and, and also through MBM. Mm-hmm. I'm really trying to like, okay, you know, yes, it's a competitive environment. Yes, it's still school and like, you know, grades, you know, are kind of competitive, whether you like it or not, you know, but um, I'm just kind of trying to loosen up a little and yeah, just yeah. enjoy what it is. Yeah. So how have you kind of let, now being that everything's online, does, is this like, given your personality, like, are you like socially awkward, like socially outgoing? Are you somewhere in between? Like, how's it kind of worked in that regard? I think for me personally, it depends on the situation. Like, um, you know, I'm, I'm obviously pretty social. I worked at a bar and I, I was a bartender and, and you have to have a certain kind of personality to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. But um, one thing I have noticed is that everybody just, because I talk a lot and I, I speak relatively confidently, um, people assume I'm a big extrovert when in reality, I, I very much am a private person, even though I do, you know, I use social media and I come on mm-hmm. podcasts and I, I like to talk and that's that. But um, I am very, I, I, I value alone time. and I value, you know, my close relationships. And um, in terms of online learning, I think it's helped me kind of, um, it's, it's helped me present myself in a way that I'm comfortable with because mm-hmm. people, somebody said to me today, <laughs> uh, not through MBM, but when a, a friend I met in the States, she, she said, when I first met you, you seemed so normal and you seemed like you present as so normal and you present as so not complex, but the more I've gotten to know you on this, like, cause we speak pre- predominantly online, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, She's like, the more I've gotten to know you online, the more I've realized that you're just, you're just so weird. <laughs> and I really appreciated that because I feel like maybe not just online, but at least in the initial stages of meeting people through the program, I've been able to kind of be a bit more open and a bit less guarded because when I meet people in person, yes, I'm very friendly and I love meeting new people, but mm-hmm. I, I am still very guarded because I'm, I'm, I don't know you and I don't know yeah. what your perception of me is. So online, it's a bit easier to adapt to that. I think. Yeah. Well, I think I'm kind of the same way just because like, I'm, I'm generally pretty picky about who I hang out with and who I give a lot of my time to. Obviously I present myself very professionally but I think I have more kind of like more, I guess, just people that I see all the time and less people that I hang out with on a regular basis. Like I live, I still live in, in my hometown of Aurora, Ontario. I only have like two or three friends that I see like regularly I, or I saw regularly before COVID. That's a good point, actually, because I know to kind of tie that into my previous university, I I would meet people at university and that'd be really fun and exciting. but. I had been out of university before I, I started going there for, I think, two years. So I had my group already. And as much as I wanted to nurture the relationships I formed in university, I, mm-hmm. you know, I still wanted to be friends with the people that I, that weren't associated with university. So I feel like maybe even if I had moved to Ontario for the program, I still would have been very distracted by the expectations of being with your friends that are not in your program and now now I can easily balance all of that because you know a FaceTime here a Zoom chat there a text here is a lot easier to manage than oh well my non-university friends want to go to this show and my other my my university group of friends really want to go to this other show and do not want to go to that other show so what do I do I can't be in two places at once Mm -hmm. and that I know it sounds kind of sounds kind of silly, but that was a big struggle for me for a long time. And I yeah. have so many different friend groups or so many different friends in different friend groups that it's, mm-hmm. it's kind of hard to prioritize anything. And cause you want to see everybody and you want to give everybody your time. Well, I think that's, that's why I'm very fortunate, but I have like various interests outside of music. Like I'll go, I'll go to a concert with like one friend or I'll go to like a, like a Raptors or a Leafs game. I'm, I'm not, 
the biggest hockey fan, but one of my best friends is a Vancouver Canucks fan. And that was yeah. one of, he was one of the last people I, I got to hang out with. And we went to the Leafs game. I think it was two weeks before the lock, the first lockdown started in Ontario. Like the whole thing yeah. just kind of shut down right there. Like I, I have friends that I go to shows with. I have friends that I go to sporting events with. I have friends, I have friends who like all kinds of other things. And if they want to like hang out and do something, then we'll just kind of just plan something and see where it goes. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'm lucky that I have friend groups that kind of like to do everything and it, they're not just, these are my hockey friends or these are my music friends. Everybody's always, you know, everybody likes stuff that's different than what they normally do, I think, for the most part. And I'm lucky that my friend groups are, are kind of down to do whatever, but it's also kind of st- a struggle because everybody wants to do something all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm lucky enough that my friends like to include me in things. So, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not, a, I'm not as lucky. <laughs> Sorry to say. Hey, when, the, when there's COVID, when COVID restrictions are lifted, I'll take you to a not Canucks game. So you won't want to hurl yourself on the ice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll see about that. I might take you up on that once COVID's over. (laughs) So now, now over the past couple of, I guess, week or so, like I've noticed you on Instagram and you have kind of like, you have a really kind of charismatic kind of outgoing social media presence, especially with your Instagram stories. We must hear the story and please answer this for me because I really do want to know, did you get the Harry Styles Vogue? magazine i did i got it today she got it she got it ah we got it <laughs> where did you and, find it where'd you find it well um i called a lot of places and walmart had one. Oh, it's wow. not the, it wasn't the most glamorous buying experience but i got it i got it <laughs> i and it's so funny because my mom's like didn't you read the article already? I was like, yes, mother, <laughs> but you don't understand. Print version is just <laughs> chef's kiss. <laughs> yeah. It seems like chef's kiss is used to des- describe everything that is good in this world nowadays. <laughs> I am i don't know where it came from, but I'm happy that I learned of its existence. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now, were you... Now, I guess just kind of connecting to the whole Harry Styles thing, were you a big uh, directioner? Are you still? Absolutely not. I hated everything about One Direction. Really? Um, really? Yeah. Yeah, I really did. I, I, I was, it's so funny because I talk about this. I have a group of two are all into One Direction. And, and I'm, when I, I'll start at the beginning. So <laughs> <laughs> I was, you know, I'm kind of their target age I'm 24 now, which means I would I'm I'm two years younger than their youngest member, I think. I'm and 20. So I'm, I'm 20, kind of their target. I'm 25, so right, I'm kind yeah, of. Been, so, we're the same age group. Yeah. So like you were, I we were you know old enough to understand you know uh, X Factor. They're on X Factor, but yep, I yeah. I only ever really heard them when they became popular in North America, obviously, and mm-hmm. I remember just hating it. I. I was of the mindset, like, I was just too cool for school, man. I was so cool. <laughs> and I, you know, I thought Nirvana was edgy. So I, <laughs> yeah, I I went more towards, you know, it just wasn't my musical taste at the time. And mm-hmm. I really didn't like boy bands. I thought they were, you know, truthfully told, they were just a big marketing scheme. And, you know, I I realize now that they were more than that. And I do really like their music now. But Mm -hmm. I I didn't like the sense that I was kind of being lied to. And uh, it's the whole point, the whole fact that they weren't even a band before they went on the X Factor. I didn't like that. Mm -hmm. I was just such a negative person. (laughs) And so now COVID happened. And I thank COVID for this. It sounds so silly to say, but Without COVID, I would have absolutely never listened to Harry Styles' music. Really? So, no. So you're a pretty recent Harry Styles fan then? Yeah, I, I, this summer. Like, before Watermelon Sugar blew up, it was, I think it was in, when did I move here? March? So, must have been in April or May. Like, very mm-hmm. quickly after I moved here. I was just browsing YouTube, as I do, and um, a Harry Styles video came up, and I was like, 
that's the kid from One Direction. I thought he was <laughs> like mom hair. I had no idea. I was like, that's that's him. Okay, so I like what it was a James Corden performance. Yeah, and he was singing Kiwi, and. I was like, that's a really good song. I thought it was a cover. I thought he was covering someone's song because in my mm-hmm. brain, nobody from One Direction could have written a song that good. No, no, <laughs> and probably then, so not. I looked at it and I was like, oh, he wrote it. Oh, but it must have like, he must have, you know, just, it must have been written for him. Mm-hmm. I had, I was so mean. And like, I was like, oh, it must have been written for him. So then I looked into it further and I was like, no, he, he wrote, wrote it. Like, that's his song. Yep. Okay. So then I listened to his first album and I cried. I was crying. It was beautiful. And it's exact it's right up my alley, you know. It's it's 70s rock, but it's like not it's not cheesy. It's not trying that with like, you know, when people try to be 70s rock and it's just tacky. Yeah, and it doesn't work. Like I know but I know those exact types of people. Um yeah, he nailed it. Yeah, he w- Harry was actually on the Howard Stern show. I think it was mm. l- last year or mm-hmm. sometime earlier this year. He did a cover. He did, but a totally bang on cover of Sledgehammer, and that's still one of my favorite songs to this day. I'm a huge '80s. Oh, it's phenomenal. I'm a huge '80s nut. My not myself. So right, and that's that's okay. So that's the kind of music I was listening to when I hated One Direction. So. I was like, and it, it really limited myself because I didn't like any pop music, not just One Direction specifically. Mm-hmm. But like, I remember my friend, even when I was like 20, my friend was like, I really like One Direction. I was like, why? <laughs> like, I didn't, I didn't <laughs> really didn't get it. And so now, you know, I got into Harry and I was like, okay, I guess I'll give One Direction a try. Uh, so then I did and I love it. I love it. They're so good. <laughs> like, like I, the, the songs I didn't like were, what makes you beautiful and best song ever? I thought it was so arrogant because I, I hate, listened to the song. I hated best song I, ever. I could not right? do it. I thought best song ever was such an arrogant name to give your song, but that's not what the song is about. And it <laughs> and it ripped. People were saying or complaining that it ripped off Baba O'Reilly by the Who, and it kind of did. Like similar melody. Yeah? yeah. Listen to the beginning, and you'll get it. Okay. Well. I don't know. I can't comment on that. But <laughs> regardless. But um, it's so funny though. Like you were so cynical about your friends liking One Direction and now you're kind of getting up there too. <laughs> I actually reached out to her and I was like, remember, she's like, do you, I was like, do you remember that one time I kind of gave you a hard time for liking One Direction? She's like, no. I'm like, well, I do. And I feel really <laughs> bad about it. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Um, oh well. I mean, I'm, I'm, it kind of ties back to just, my whole mentality before COVID, I was kind of, I was just kind of a jerk. I was so mean. And like, I think it's because I was so stressed. I was so stressed mm-hmm. about everything, always. Even if I was doing well, I was like, I'm not doing well enough. I need to do more. Mm-hmm. I can always be doing more, 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 more. And COVID kind of just said, nope, you're not going <laughs> to do anything now. You're not allowed. And yeah. I was like, well, that's mean. Uh, how can I do the most in COVID? How can I, I bought myself a mic. I bought my, you know, I got some Ableton going. I was like, I want to manically making, can I make music? Can I do this? Can I do that? (laughs) I was FaceTiming all my producer friends all the time. I was like, let me do something. And then I crashed. I completely like lost it. And I was like, I can't do anything. So instead I just gardened. I was like, you know what? I'm going to garden. My grandfather has a beautiful garden. So I went and gardened all the time. That's all I did. And it was great. (laughs) That's that's awesome. Yeah, the whole pandemic has really kind of like it's. I notice for a lot of people, it's kind of brought out the worst in people. See, the opposite of me. It it brought out the best in me, and I know that's insensitive to say because people mm-hmm. are going through a really, really, really hard time. And you know, I'm I'm I am very very lucky that I have a support system, um, that's willing to take me on. First of all, um, but. I don't know. It just did the the time of forced rest. It really, it did wonders for my mental health. Now, if I didn't have the support system and I had to stay in Saskatoon, I'd be losing my ever loving mind because I would have to still be paying rent. How am I going to do that? I would have to worry about a job. And I'm so lucky. I don't have to worry about a job right now. 
and I can just focus on school. I've never had this happen since, like, since before high school. I've always been working. And wow. This is the longest I think I've gone without working, aside from that period where I was desperately looking for a job in university. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say this is the longest I've kind of gone with. I was supposed to work for the Toronto Blue Jays baseball team this summer, but nope, that didn't happen either. <laughs> I was supposed to work the Junos this year, but oh. that didn't happen. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, strike up another point for COVID. Yeah, don't get me wrong. Like, they're, Aside from not working the Junos, which is just uh, ouch, but like, there are things that obviously... Like I am, I'm not, I'm not saying COVID has been sunshine and rainbows. Like I've obviously been, it's been a really painful, hard time. And, um, I'm just lucky that, you know, most situations in my life end up being pretty negative. And, you know, it's, I had, I had so much going on aside from COVID. COVID honestly was the least of my, sorry, (laughs) COVID was like the least of my concerns Mm -hmm. and just to kind of put weight into how fucked up my life was for a while. Um, So it kind of forced me to like, okay, you need to stop what you're doing and go be with family and just recover from everything Mm -hmm. going on. It was a really, really bad year for me, 2019. So, yeah, yeah, I I totally get that. So I guess kind of moving into better topics now. So you talk about like your love of Harry style, your newfound love of Harry Styles, but I got to know from, I guess, just like an artist and personal standpoint, who are some of your other favorite artists? Well, obviously, yes. Harry Styles, I, aside from him just being a top tier person, I love his career trajectory and how it kind of went backwards from one direction. They went like, they were selling out stadiums and doing all this and then he went he intentionally for his first album played small venues and i love yep. that i love that because everybody kind of strives for the stadium and he was like no man i want to want to go smaller but uh aside from him i've always really loved i grew up i have a stones tattoo grew nice. up with them my dad big fan and you know obviously as am i as is everybody else <laughs> myself uh, included Everybody, yes. Even you, no. <laughs> um, yes, I, I really like more, you know, all the greats, obviously, all the classic artists. Anybody classic rock is generally pretty good in my terms, in my mm-hmm. books. Um, more new, like new age artists, though. I really love, have you heard of Rival Sons? I love, I've seen Rival Sons. <laughs> yes, fantastic. They're Very so amazing. Good. They're such a good group. I actually met, uh, or I was hanging outside at the CNE in Toronto where they played, and I got I got to just kind of shoot the shit with Jay Buchanan, the singer, for a little bit. Oh, rad. He, he was, was like a really interesting guy, and I he, would just love to have a beer with him. He offered me a cigarette. <laughs> wow. I hope you have it framed. I <laughs> no, I don't, I don't smoke. My, my buddy did, though, so... Honestly, a huge reason. This is really reflective on the music industry, actually. A huge reason I'd never quit smoking. Well, I quit smoking for a year, but aside from that, I haven't quit smoking because at the bar, if I wanted a break from like the loud music, I could just go for a smoke or like after, you know, after the show's done, everybody, the public's out, you know, the band's there, come have a smoke, man. And we could just mm-hmm. bond over a cigarette. I met, ooh, um, Bob the Drag Queen came and performed at one of the venues I was working at at the time. And her crew was loading in a bunch of stuff. And I was outside. I had this, like, beautiful green jacket on. It's my favorite jacket. And one of the dancers was like, that's a really nice jacket. I always had a smoke over it. And it was really lovely. (laughs) And then at the end of the night, at the end of the night, everybody's, you know, the floor is trashed. It's just full house. You know, we're cleaning up. And one of the dancers, the same dancer comes up and is like, do you have a smoke? I remember you from before. You're really nice. And I was like, oh, that's really nice of you to say. I don't have a cigarette, but I will get you some. (laughs) And then so I did. And then we had cigarettes and it was lovely. And they came back the second night and we, you know, they offered for me to come on stage. And I was like, absolutely not, because I will ruin your performance. (laughs) You weren't weren't drunk, were you? (laughs) 
Well, the second night I was in attendance. I wasn't working. Okay. So the dancer recognized me and was like, are you working tonight? I was like, no. And he was like, nice. So do you want to come on stage? I was like, no, I don't. <laughs> no. <laughs> what? Why? Because you were worried like you were going to like, like throw, get so drunk and like throw up or something? <laughs> no, 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 no. No, I knew I knew when I was about to throw up and drunk. I'm very practiced, but <laughs> good for you. Um, thank you. Uh, no, <laughs> I I just it, it, it ties into the whole mentality pre-COVID. Like, I, I was like, oh, this is still my place of work. I don't want to be unprofessional, mm-hmm. which is a nice mindset to have. But I yeah. live myself and my fun so much. I worked at the Saddle Dome, and there's so many great people that like I you know saw performing and i had a very minor role there like i wasn't anybody important but you mean the saddle dome you mean the saddle dome in calgary yes wow nice yeah i've had quite the life that i didn't really understand what i was doing at the time but anyone who's a calgary flames fan listen to this girl seriously (laughs) (laughs) i've worked many a flames games yes oh my god yes i've met the players very briefly nothing meaningful Uh. but very briefly Wow. Um, I worked there when, what was his name? He retired now. Aginla? Jerome Aginla. Yeah, I was there when Aginla was on the team. Nice. Wow. Yeah. So that was really nice. And anyways, like, there's so many people that I met working there, even the players. I was like, I, A, I was young, but, you know, I, I still wanted, I wanted to be taken seriously because I thought maybe I could move up and, and eventually have an important position. So... Part of my contract there was you're not allowed to interact with the artists or the hockey players. You're not allowed to uh, ask them for pictures. Don't ask them for you know autographs. Don't don't even talk to them. So it's like oh so it's like it's like a stipulation of the contract, I guess. Eh? Yeah, just my employment contract. Like it's, okay. it's not a it's nothing. It was nothing major. It was just you know be professional. And I took it to the next level of can't even make eye contact half the time. And you know, I, I saw my coworkers, oh, come on, just go ask, you know, like, I'm going to ask for, just, just shake my, shake the guy's hand or something. I was like, oh my God, you can't do that. That's, that's big no, no. And they, like, why didn't I just say, yeah, like, it's fine. They, nothing bad happened. <laughs> you know, it would, it, we weren't being unprofessional. We were just mm-hmm. excited. And, and, you know, I, uh, seeing fan culture now, I understand why that was part of the contract because people can get a little scary. To yeah, artists yeah. and 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 athletes and stuff. It it can get a little much, but um, yeah, I don't know. I think it was respectful the encounters I did have and makes me happy. You mentioned fan culture, like Twenty One Pilots fan. Those fans drive me absolutely crazy. So why? Um, well, I'll, well, I'll give you kind of. I'll give you some kind of context. So, so last last year. 21 Pilots was in, in town, and Greta Van Fleet were playing down the road the same night, and my friend and I had tickets to go see Greta Van Fleet. There were f- we went down, I think, like maybe like 3 o'clock in the afternoon for a show, and we ran into some fans from 20, for the 21 Pilots show who had like GA, and there were people like sleeping in tents, and I just said like, are you guys here for 21 pilots? And they're just like, yes. How long have you guys been here? And it's like, oh, since 5 a.m. yesterday. I'm like, excuse me? That's not uncommon. That's not just uh, for 21 pilots fans. That's like, that's impressive. Harry Styles concerts. People camp out at, I, I like people were trying to camp out at the late Lady Gaga concert I worked. And, and um, like, it's, it's not uncommon camping. Like even at the Capitol, people would try to like, like, nobody tried to camp out but it was it was weird people would try to like come into the venue at 9 a.m yeah to get a spot yeah do that i'm sorry yeah and i saw people like trying to like break like break into the venue try and get like a good spot on the the floor for 21 pilots that's not happening i will say from from a perspective of somebody who has worked at a venue before like Mm -hmm. We don't hold the artists accountable for stuff like that most of the time, but mm-hmm. it does leave an impression of, hmm, I want to book artist A, whose fans are extremely respectful, or artist B, whose fans broke our bathroom stall doors and broke all of our glassware. Hmm, I think I might go with artist A. You know? If it's... Because it, 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 at least you can, like, replace the glassware and you can replace, like, 
like fix the bathroom stall doors, right? Oh, but like even bodily harm, like it can yeah. any sort of risk. Like there are certain artists that whose crowds, unfortunately, you know, an ambulance would always be called. And that- it, it, you don't want to book those anymore because it's a you're a venue and you have liability to worry about, but also it's public safety. Do you want to encourage that? And you want to be able to give fans access to their artists and you want to be able to give artists access to their fans but yeah. at a certain at a certain point it's like there's only so much we can do to to manage safety and we don't want to put anybody in harm's way yeah and you want to set a good example right yeah and like it's not fun for anybody the 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 people who suffer the injuries it's not fun for us we don't like and it's not like oh how inconvenient we have to deal with somebody getting hurt it's it's I, I, like a genuine concern like are you okay like 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 lo- law aside and 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 insurance aside like are you okay like we mm-hmm. care you know we're humans and exactly the artist doesn't like that either like some some artists promote like like a rowdier crowd which is totally fine that's part yeah. of their brand but at the same time like you don't like as an artist hearing that people like you don't like the venue coming to you after and saying oh yeah we had four injuries tonight and like we, they don't like hearing that you know yeah and of it's, course when i think of like big events that kind of like went completely awry. Like I think of Woodstock 99, people were like assaulted. People were, I mean, brutally beaten. I think people, that, that, people were like raped as well. That's a other level though. That was totally unexpected, the turnout. So yeah, like they, they, there's no way they could have prepared for anything like that. I don't think mm-hmm. effectively um, in more modern times though. Have you heard of uh, chasing summer? Kind of. I know it by name. So it's a, it's a, EDM festival in Calgary that I okay. attended in 2014 and at the time the location was Fort Calgary. Okay. And uh you know out any outdoor festival you have to you know weather is a risk but mm-hmm. and it was a beautiful weekend but it was really hot and obviously you know people are doing drugs so like that's going to factor in but again the venue can't really control you know they can try to limit that as much as possible but if people want drugs they're going to sneak them in somehow. Mm-hmm. And um I just remember it rained really heavily at one point and it stopped. Like it was only like a 10 minute rain, but it was really heavy. And the entire grounds was just a water slide. Like it was so dangerous and I was wasted. I got separated from my friends cause I was like, ah, I can have so much fun. And I just like went off and I found pictures on my phone the next day of me and all these random people, me just being like, woo, <laughs> I had no idea what I was doing. Oh man. Um, I wasn't on drugs, but I, uh, you know, was drinking quite a bit. And um, yeah, so like it, it, put alcohol into anything that's a risk, put, you know, outdoor venue, ooh, even bigger one. But they moved, they ended up moving the location to the BMO Center, which is cement ground, which oh. you know, it rains a lot easier to deal with, right? Yeah. And then you're not, know, you're not, then you're not like slipping on the grass and all of that. Plus, Fort Calgary is, uh, I might be wrong on this, but Fort Calgary is a bit of a historic site. So it, it, it um, is. Yeah. So, you know, it gets destroyed by thousands of people walking around. That's not really great. You know, the grass was always destroyed after and it was fun. Don't get me wrong. I had a great time, but you know, uh, I wasn't really aware at the time of what went into event planning or management and, you know, environmental impact and stuff. And, uh, I'm lucky now that, you know, through MBM and just through my industry experience, I have a bit more of a, an idea of stuff like that, but you know, the general public, I can totally relate and I I can see it from that side too, because I was one of the. Yeah. So you, like you've been on both sides of the, I guess, going to events type of thing. Like you've been an attendee and you've worked events before. Yeah. Like even though I grew up my father in the music venue and everything, like there were limits to what I was exposed to and, and there were limits to what knowledge I gained. And, you know, I didn't, I don't have any like conscious memories being there because I was so young when there's a, there's a picture I remember of me like in a diaper drinking orange juice, at the bar. And <laughs> so like I was very young and like he worked there until I was about, I don't know, 12, 15, something like that. But um, I don't have any conscious memories of like being there, but, uh, you know, just my father working there for so long, obviously you pick up on some things and, you know, you 
kind of tune out the rest because it's your dad talking about work and boring. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah. But, but yeah, I've been on both sides of the fence, I think. And I think that's a really valuable asset because even if you have all the knowledge, like you need to be able to look at it from uh, other perspectives too. And that's, I admire just how knowledgeable you are about like all of this. Like you are hands down probably the most knowledgeable guest I've had so far this Oh. Like in the past couple of months. That's nice of you to say. Thank you. <laughs> of course. Now, to kind of wrap up this interview, I kind of do like some rapid fire, kind of like, I guess it's kind of funny questions just to try and kind of oh. break the ice a little bit more. I mean, the ice is already kind of broken because I kind of feel like I know you now, but now it's going to kind of just be like kind of getting to know you, the funny side, the funny side of you. Oh, I'll try to keep it. I'll, I'll you know, is it one word answers are we doing? No. It it doesn't matter. Take as much okay, time I'll as you. Try. Okay, musical guilty pleasure. Like, who's your musical guilty pleasure? You've already used Harry Styles, so who else? Dang it. Um, she's not so much of a guilty pleasure anymore, but Ariana Grande. Grande, I like okay. her music. I used to same mindset as One Direction. Mm-hmm. Just love her now. So nice. Mine's Taylor Swift, and I'm admitting oh. that. I loved her country stuff. I loved her country stuff. And she kind of started like transitioning into like the pop stuff. And in high school, I was just kind of like, eh. But then she, put, then she puts out 1989 and it's like, whoa, okay. Then that yeah, really... she's a fantastic songwriter. Yeah. I, Ooh, well, I also, Shania Twain. Oh, yes. Artist. I've just been like binging all the great Canadian like rock stuff like over the past like 20 years like shania twain the bare naked ladies uh arcade fires and other big i mean they're not they're like they're not even 20 years but neon bible you just can't go wrong <laughs> Ooh, also guilty pleasure if you say you dislike them you're lying nickelback i love nickelback and i am admitting I, that <laughs> i am not afraid to say i love nickelback <laughs> Okay. I've been to Hannah, Saskatchewan. <laughs> okay. Okay. I had tickets to see Nickelback this summer because they were doing a tour to celebrate 15 years of All the Right Reasons, which is one of the most integral albums of my childhood. And mm-hmm. they had to, ca- they went and canceled it because <laughs> of COVID. They would cancel stuff though. Like they're just like, I don't know why, <laughs> but they would just cancel things. I feel like. <laughs> I w- I would anyway. If I know if if COVID wasn't a thing, and if I knew you like months ago, like at the beginning of this year, I would have asked if you wanted to tag along. <laughs> Look at this photograph! <laughs> like it's so good. Come on, show me which photograph that makes you laugh. I will look at it. <laughs> now it's so funny because the last time Nickelback was here, I almost and I save us, I save us as succinctly as possible, almost. I almost blew off my sister's graduation just to go. I almost skipped her graduation of high school to go see that show. <laughs> I mean, oh. you know, there's only one Nickelback show. There's so many graduations you can go to. Yeah. And I said, I said, if <laughs> I, I, li- I was literally getting ready to go. And then I, I try to sneak out and my mom's like, Dan, where are you going? And I'm like, oh shit. Oh, you gotta get I, better at sneaking. Gotta get better. I, <laughs> You see it in like all the movies, like people sneaking out of the house to like go to a movie or go to a concert or something. I got I gotta watch more of that stuff. I'll show you my tricks. I got very good at it as a child, as a teenager. Okay. All right. Tell me. I mean, tell me what's the best. Twenty four. Not really. Not really necessary at twenty four anymore. I'm just kind of like, okay, mom, gonna gonna go now. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like my mom's kind of, she always likes to know where, where I'm going. And if I'm going out with any, like, like she knows who a lot of the people, she knows a lot of the people I know or that I'm friends with. And I get, she just kind of wants to know like where I'm going. Sometimes she'll just say like, don't come home too late. And I'm like, I won't. (laughs) I'm literally still in town. (laughs) Yeah. Like my mom and I have a great relationship now, but growing Mm -hmm. up, uh, I was, I kind of hammered it into their heads that 
I respect my privacy and I like to do things without telling you everything I'm doing because mm-hmm. that's the kind of kid I was. So uh, I would just go do whatever I wanted. Like, when are you going to get home? I don't know, mom. Like, <laughs> I was just such a brat. And, um, <laughs> we, have, we have a good relationship now where it's kind of like, I want to tell her what I'm doing and like, I want to share things with her. And it's like, it's, it's it, I, a lot of it came on me changing my yeah. attitude. Yeah, so it's just kind of like you doing your own thing right now and just kind of, I guess, not really caring what people think or... I'm still alive, so, like, they they kind of have to deal with, like, oh, okay, well, she hasn't made terrible decisions so far in her life. I guess well, she I, has it. Well, I think, that, I think that's kind of the best argument. I'm still alive. And when my if I come home late and my mom's like, where the hell were you? I would say, am I dead? And she's like, no, mm-hmm. but... But nothing. I'm ha- I'm here. I'm still in one piece. Let's let's drop it. I just try to be respectful because I do live with my mom right now, and and yeah. now I try to be respectful of like, would I like to stay out till four a.m. You know, after hoursing like I used to. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, but you know, I I am living with my mom. This is her house. I am mm-hmm. going to be respectful of you know. She doesn't say be home at a reasonable hour but it's like not that i'm going anywhere right now but like exactly if i were it's not like be home at a reasonable hour it's like i'm gonna be home at a reasonable hour to respect my mom you know yeah well my my mom's always she's asleep by the time i get home from anywhere anyway (laughs) so my grandmother's always my grandmother always just waits up for me (laughs) i just know i'm a pretty loud drunk so like if i go out drinking again not that i'm doing this now because covid like i I can just picture the situation in my mind like me coming home at 3 a.m just throwing my shoes at the wall like (laughs) and and her trying to sleep because she has work or something like that's just mean to do so i try not to do it now but i I didn't appreciate that as a teenager, not so much. Yeah. All right. My the next one I'm gonna ask it, and this is like totally unrelated to music. What is one food that you could never live without? Cannolis. Really? Really? Mm-hmm. Why? Mm-hmm. Why? What's the reasoning behind that? Have you ever had a cannoli? Yes, I have. Well, there's your answer. They are. They are. <laughs> they are heavenly. I'll put it that way. I went through, I don't know, I could never get, a, listen, a good cannoli is better than most things in life. And I've had a lot of really bad cannolis. I've had a lot of cannolis posing as cannolis. But there's <laughs> something else entirely. And I, I don't know what it is, but Montreal just has, oof, the best cannolis. And ooh, also Le Fleur hot dogs from La Belle Provence. I've had bows. Bows are good. Bows oh, are very so good. good. Two very different things, but still the same shape. But I, I maybe yeah. just any food that, that that that's the shape of a cannoli or a hot dog. I don't know. Well, well <laughs> since well since since you're from Quebec, hopefully you'll understand that poutine is one thing that I will never ever ever mm. ever part with. Listen, I'm yes, I'm born and raised Quebec, Montreal, but. I don't know. Poutine? Poutine's okay. It's good. It's not bad. It's my, it's my go-to food. <laughs> After- I've had a lot of bad poutines, poutines, and it's kind of, you know, especially out West, people are like, this is a poutine. I'm like, no, it's freaking not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like there's poutines like disguised as poutines, and it's like, that's not a poutine. <laughs> you just got to go to the Belle Provence. And get a gross poutine from there. Like the Belle Provence is like the McDonald's of Quebec food. Wow. Yeah. That's that's really that is very good to know. <laughs> it's not good. It's not great, but it's delicious. <laughs> I'm de- I'm definitely keeping this in mind. But when COVID's over, like I I will come to Montreal. Like I will stuff my face with poutine. <laughs> there's a there's a Belle Provence. I think it's by Crescent Street on St. Okay. Pat's. And if you go in there at like, you know, you know, bars close at three here, you know, you go in there, get a hot dog, get a poutine. Um, there's a man, I'm not sure if he's still there, but during my frequenting days, he, there was a man that would come in and play harmonica and recorder. Wow. And it was so sweet and so nice and so funny. I loved him. So if you meet him, obviously he won't remember me, but <laughs> just keep an eye out. Just... Oh, he's he's so fun. I love it, him. 
if I run into him, I'll probably just like take a pic. I'll ask if it's cool if I could take a picture of him, and I'll I'll send it to you. And then, just go full blown FaceTime. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll, hopefully, you're not. If you're not like doing anything, I'll literally FaceTime you and be like, "Look who I found!" I'm. I'll wake up any any for a- anything related to that man. I love him. Yeah. yeah so <laughs> so I'm I'm sure that like your answer will be one. You'll be like you'll be like number one. I didn't even know you were in Montreal or Quebec mm-hmm. or wherever. And two, how the hell did you find that guy? <laughs> <laughs> my my first thing would be, why is Dan calling me at three in the morning? Okay, so make that th- make that three things. <laughs> what? So, so it's like so it's like one. Why is he calling me? Two, you're in Montreal or Quebec and you didn't tell me. And three, mm-hmm. you found the harmonica recorder guy. <laughs> Why are we not out doing karaoke right now? Why are you FaceTiming me? We're not doing karaoke. But, and, that, and that's the fourth thing. Mm-hmm. There's so many questions. There's there is, limitless. There are so many questions. Like, I could stop the interview right now and we could just, like, talk and just kind of sit on the line here all night and just go, like, so. b- back and forth. See, this is what... Nap. See, <laughs> but, see, this is why I really wish we were at campus. Like... Pardon the voice crack. <laughs> I like. I really wish we were at campus because I feel like you and I would have just a lot to talk about. We'd probably just go for like hours and hours and hours and hours, and it's just hey, be like after oh. this wraps up, we could have gone to a show. You know, all yeah. I want to do right now is stand in line and wait and have it. Like I've been sober for over two months now, and it's not like wow. an intentional thing. I've just been, you know. I have no reason to drink right now. One of my um, one of my best friends actually has gone six months of sobriety right now, like with that's COVID. Fantastic. He's doing real because he wants to get better at playing bass. He was in a band with another good friend of mine last year, and the band unfortunately kind of fizzled out. But he and my other buddy are still like making music together, which is really good. My other my buddy's a drummer. Otherwise, I would have asked just to kind of jam with them. I don't really play anything else. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I play a mean. Cowbell. (laughs) Cowbell is like the perfect hybrid between tambourine and triangle. Have you thought about that? Yes, I have. I have. Now, my my drum setup features a cowbell. And now, this is a story that I never really told on this podcast. I think I only ever told it maybe to one other person, but it was like long ago. So four years ago, my old band did a Christmas show at this derelict little pub in Newmarket, Ontario, which is just up the street from where I live. So I live in Aurora and there's a street that kind of separates Aurora from Newmarket. So there was this little derelict place and we played this really crap on this really crappy. Well, actually it was my drum set. So this what? okay. Okay. Yeah, I know. I just insulted myself. There was, there was a, one of the guys there says, He's like, so I noticed the song Pieces by Sum 41 is in your set list. Can Dan play it all with all cowbell? And I'm like, what? And I'm like, no, I'm not doing that. And he's like, I'll give you 50 bucks. I'm like, done. I played the whole song, the whole rhythm of the song on the cowbell. That, I need, is there video evidence of No, that? no, there's not. Oh, every, every, every opportunity. Every bit of evidence of me in that band is now gone. Like they, they own the, mat, the rights to everything now. So I'm at, now that I'm out of a band, it's like I'm out of a picture. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, now you know what you have to do when we meet. You have to play that song entirely with cowbells for me. Okay. My birthday's D- coming up in February. So what, what day? <laughs> what day? I'll write it down. The second. <laughs> okay. Well, that's I my birthday be. present. That's all I want. I don't care. Also, how, 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 how about I just fit? How about I just put my eye or my just call you on Zoom, set it up next to my drum set, and just go, go have a field day with it. You know what I'll do? I just bought these beautiful new speakers. I'll hook everything up. I'll, <laughs> I'll get a giant projector. I'll clear everything from a wall, and you'll just have the entire wall feature to yourself, and I'll blast it, and I'll, it'll be so good. Be sure to tag me on Instagram while this is happening. I'll just sit in the middle of the living room in silence listening to this. I'll just sit and stare. You could just like sit, <laughs> you could sit and live stream it too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and we're still recording. Like this is all like candid 
Dan and Sarah. I'm going to use this. I'm going to use this as leverage for when you say, oh, I forgot. And I'll be like, you forgot the podcast? This podcast is going to be released. I'm going to listen to this (laughs) every day and be like, oh, yeah, I forgot I said this. Just kidding. Well, oh, can you do... Ooh, can you do like a mashup of that song and happy birthday on Cowbell, please? Sure. <laughs> yeah. I, w- I would just have to figure out like where I could kind of like kind of chop and change everything, like where the best mashup parts would go. You got just under three months. You got this. That'll be my task over Christmas. That'll, I'll spend the entire, <laughs> I'll spend my two week break f- between classes just doing that. <laughs> Who needs? Who needs valuable family time when you can learn this? <laughs> exactly. There's this really great mashup guy on, on YouTube, and I got to give him credit here. His name is William Morancy. This guy is okay. an absolute genius. He did something that I never thought in a thousand freaking years that I would ever see. Lady Gaga and Linkin Park mashed up. Ooh, I'm intrigued. I will send you the link after, but it is the song Faint by Linkin Park mashed up with Just Dance by Lady Gaga, which was Lady Gaga's debut single, which was fucking forever ago. Um, There's there's a bunch of, you know, mashup artists, but there's this one that I really love, Jungle Sue mashups. I found her on uh, TikTok, but there's a whole YouTube channel and everything. And and I really like, I really like the mashups from there. And... (laughs) Uh, it's nothing too like obscure, but it's it's done really well. Nice, yeah, I'll definitely check that out. Her, and her her name is what? Jungle Sue. Jungle Sue mashup. I will write that I'm down. Sure, I'm pretty sure. Let me see. I'm pretty sure she's a Japanese DJ. Okay. Yeah, I'll definitely. And, ch- I will absolutely check that out. Yeah, I, yeah, small, very small. Does not have a lot of followers or anything, which to me doesn't really matter. But the quality, the quality is just chef's kiss. Chef's kiss. There we go again. <laughs> All right, so we'll wrap this interview, the recorded part of this interview up. As mm. as I say with all my guests, Sarah, thank you for hanging out on the show, and. I think in terms of length, this is going to be one of the longest interviews I've done. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, don't ever be sorry. If if we can talk for more than 25 minutes, this that's huge for me because I love hearing people like talk and just talk and talk and talk and talk. Well, thank you for having me. This was very fun, a fun first experience on a podcast. Well, I thought we were doing a podcast for a minute. <laughs> well, well, I hope it's it's the first of many podcasts that you'll be appearing on, and I hope that I can we can have you back on the show at another I'd time. Love to. I'd love awesome. to. Yes. Awesome. Well, we are, and we are now friends for life. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> this has been the Animals Cage. I've been Dan Martins. This has been Sarah Kay. Sarah is going to do really well once what when Sony gets their their act together and hires her. One day. Thank one day. We'll see. <laughs> see you guys next time. Bye.
so bad.